For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he, he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours." But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Father, you have given us so much. Give us eyes to see what those gifts are, who you've made us to be. Give us the will and the courage to put those to work. And Lord, at the end of all of it, let us rest in your delight. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Welcome. Do you feel it? Do you feel the excitement in the air? No, it's not the lure of tryptophan, of all those turkeys that will one day, Wednesday or Thursday, be cooked maybe ham or whatever you're going to have for Thanksgiving. But it's fall. The air is finally, good night, finally. It's crisp outside. And last night I was at a party. And at the party was, you know, great food and drinks. And, but there were fires everywhere. And not, not like it wasn't a pyro party. But there were just little fires to keep us warm because it was outside. And I was so excited. There's something about fire that just gives me life. And I hope you're excited. We're, we're embarking uh, as, as a church towards the end of our liturgical or our Christian calendar. December 3rd is the first Sunday of Advent. That means it's the first Sunday of a new year, liturgically speaking. And next week, uh, we'll have Christ the King Sunday. Chris will preach. We'll have baptisms again. It'll be amazing. So, But we also have Thanksgiving coming this Thursday. We have uh, Advent and Christmas, and so there's just so much excitement. I was telling the kids today, I said, this is probably my favorite time of the year because I love Thanksgiving. I love to be together with family. I love to eat. I love all the stuff. And I love the anticipation of Christmas. And so in that context, we have tonight's passages. Um, you heard St. Paul writing to the Thessalonians to be ready for that day will come like a thief in the night. I'm not going to preach on what he wrote, but I hope you heard what he said to be children of the day because that same theme that we hear tonight is going to carry on to the beginning of Advent. 
The, the prayer for the first week of Advent says something like, uh, help us to cast off the works of darkness. Now in the time of this mortal life, when your son came to visit us. And so it's asking us to walk as children of light. But what I want us to look at today is the parable that Jesus tells. This parable is a lot of things. It can be any number of things that we could talk about and look at. We could try to squeeze all the lessons out of it that we could. But tonight, I want you to look at it, and I'm going to look at it, as a way of Jesus inviting us, the people that he was speaking to. Remember the context. We'll we'll get back to in a second. But it's an invitation for us to be fully human. What does that mean? Well, yes, as humans, we're broken. We're children, sons and daughters of Adam and Eve who in the garden sinned. And because of that, we're cursed. And remember that third verse of that great Christmas carol? No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. So sins and sorrows and and thorns, these plants that don't really bear any fruit except things that hurt, things that pierce our skin, and draw our blood. Those are the fruits of the fall. Those are the fruits of Adam and Eve's wickedness and disobedience, and they're human. And so we have that. But to be fully human, the way I want to look at it is in the context of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning, Jesus became a man. Jesus, who is God, who was God from before all time began, the eternal word and only begotten Son of God, became man so that he might redeem men and women to God, so that he might make us like God, so that we might live in the vocation and the calling and the reality of being fully human. When God made each one of you, and there's no exception, when God made each one of you, he made you fearfully Wonderfully, the psalmist says. He, there is no error 404. There is no, sorry, server is not responding error with you. You are a gift. And he made you to live in a certain way. He gave you gifts and talents and abilities. You are a gift. And to live as a f- full human is to be in Christ to be full of the Holy Spirit, to be what what we talk about sometimes, to be a non-anxious presence, a well-differentiated self, just to be you, not living up to my expectations or your parents' expectations or insert, you know, anybody's expectations that you're now slave to for whatever reason, the city's expectations, whatever. God has made you to be uniquely you, period. My friend Bill Hendricks has a wonderful book called The Gift, The Person Called You. I have it. I've read it. <laughs> I forget the title. The Person Called You. And Bill, who who's, knows all about giftedness, writes all about understanding the unique ways that God has made us so that we can allow him to unfold that unique path in our life so that we can be fully human. So what's the context that Jesus is speaking in? Well, we know that the red letters are about to go away. If you have a Bible with red letters and you look at it and you say, oh, they're about to stop. Well, that's because this is the last little bit in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is in Bethany, 
near the Mount of Olives. He's not in Jerusalem, but he's close by. He's in Bethany. He's not talking anymore with the people in the temple courts. He's not teaching. He's not having the showdowns any longer. Now he's speaking to his disciples. And he's talking about some heavy stuff. It's, it's pretty real. He's cursing the fig tree. He's pronouncing woes. He is doing all sorts of stuff. And in this passage... He is inviting his disciples, he's inviting you and me to be fully human, to be all that God has made us to be. So if this is some of the last stuff that Jesus told his disciples, especially next week we'll have a passage on the final judgment that Chris will preach on, and that's it. Then Jesus is arrested, he's he's betrayed, he's arrested, all that kind of stuff happens very quickly thereafter, after the Lord's Supper. But the first thing that we see Jesus doing in this parable, and remember a parable is not, it's not a literal thing. It's, it's, it's something that's meant to be evocative. It's meant for us to ponder the things that Jesus is saying. He says, well, it's like a man uh, giving talents to the servants. And the first thing that we see with these three servants, did you notice that two of them were good and one of them was bad? And so I'm sorry, but I am going to pick on the wicked servant. I hope you've never been called (laughs) wicked servant. I'm going to pick on that guy. I'm assuming it's a guy tonight. Because what we see in him is he's almost there. He almost understands. He almost puts forth the effort. He almost receives and acknowledges, but not quite. And it's almost, almost, it's almost the definition of what a counterfeit is. Ever seen a counterfeit dollar bill or a counterfeit antiquity? It has all the marks, but there's just something about its character that isn't quite right. And that's what we see with this wicked servant, the last one. But the first thing in, in being truly human and acknowledging what God has given us is this, is that we must acknowledge the gift. Notice what Jesus says that the master gave to the servants each according to their abilities. Not everybody got five talents. One guy got five, one guy got two, one guy got one. But he gave to them each according to their ability. And the first step was just recognizing, oh, okay, this is five talents. I've got to do something with that. When you think about your life and my life, we have to be self-aware enough to know the gifts and the talents that we have. We have to acknowledge that it is a gift. And really the first step is a mental step. It's a step of saying, wow, you know what? Liking to be in front of people, being really good with numbers, being a super duper organized person. That's not just something I like. It, It may be a gift that God wants me to use. Acknowledging the gift, giving mental assent, and remembering whose gift it is. It's your gift. I'm good at stuff, but you're good at other stuff. In fact, you're better at more stuff than I am. So we acknowledge that we have the gifts, and it's a unique gift that, that God has given you, and you, and you. I have a set of gifts that only I can deploy by God's grace in a way that only I can do it. It doesn't mean that I'm special. 
It means that all of us are special because we're made in God's image. We're made with this beautiful, noble calling. Do you remember in the baptismal prayers, we pray for, for the, the people that are being baptized so that they would recognize the dignity of every human being. There's goodness in people. Yes, we're sinful. Yes, we're dead in our transgressions before Christ. Yes, we're in the kingdom of darkness before Jesus. But we're still human. We're still fearfully and wonderfully made. So we not only recognize whose gift it is, it's the gift that God's given me. We also recognize who gave it to us. If some random stranger came up on the street and gave me a hundred bucks, I'm like, oh, hey, nice, hundred bucks. But if somebody very important in my life gives me a really nice pen, oh man, sorry, that was too suggestive. <laughs> a really nice fountain pen, maybe a custom ground nib. Oh, I'm really sorry. I really didn't mean it for it to go that way. But because it's God giving it to us, there's something different about it. We remember who gave it to us. It wasn't just any old guy that gave those servants five talents or two talents or one talent. It was their master. And to you and to me, God has in his wisdom and his goodness. And sometimes it's confusing, but he's given us these gifts. And some of you are going to say, but Jay, I don't have any talents. I'm just, you know, don't go Eeyore on me yet. <clears throat> or maybe more seasonally appropriate, Charlie Brown. <clears throat> That's not true. So if you think that, I need you to acknowledge if the prayer we just prayed earlier, that collect, who gave, oh God, who gave all scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. You may have read them and marked them, but I don't know if you've learned or inwardly digested those. Because you have been given talents. You have been given gifts. I love what St. Paul says. And I meet with a group of guys on Wednesday mornings and we're talking about this very thing. And I have to read it because <clears throat> I can never quote it just right. St. Paul says this in Ephesians 2.10. For we, you, you guys in Christ Jesus, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God made us to do good stuff. God made us to be fully human, to allow the good things that only can come from his wisdom, to, to do the beautiful things that could only be imagined in his creativity. He made us for those good works. But did you notice what St. Paul says? Not only did he make us for good works, but he says we are his workmanship. We're his workmanship. The Greek word there is poema. Sounds, looks like the word poem. Insert cheesy Christian quote. But it's true. We are, if there's anything that's ever been handcrafted, finely made, it's us with thought and care. And friends, we must receive that truth. We must acknowledge that God has made us that way as his poema, as his beautifully crafted 
piece of art, human art, so that we can be fully human, so that we can acknowledge the gifts that he's given us, and so that we can walk in them. We don't know all the stuff that we're going to do, but you know what Jesus told the disciples and tells us by extension? John, the farewell discourse, John 14, 15, and 16 says, hey guys, you've seen me do these works. You've seen me working it, <laughs> working it. But greater works will you do. That's heavy. That's beautiful. That's what being fully human is. So we acknowledge the gift that we have, and we don't lose sight that we are the gift. But remember, in acknowledging, and remember, I said I was going to pick on that wicked servant. He, he's the worst. Oh, gosh. I, I, I told some of you before the service that I had like seven sermons. Um, so let me rush through this real quick. But remember, the knowledge that the wicked servant had, the one who had the one talent, it wasn't a full knowledge of his master. Verse 24. He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent. He knew the master, but apparently not well enough, because then the master says, well, if you really knew me, if you really knew me, you would have at least invested it with the bankers. So at least we could get the interest back. Again, the wicked servant doesn't quite go all the way. And it's not that in our life, of Christ, life in Christ, in our life of following Christ, that we have to do stuff. We get to do stuff. But think of it this way. You get to come to church. You don't have to come to church, but you get to. But if you're coming to church, this core rhythm and space for us at All Saints East Dallas of coming to church on Sunday night was like, well, I got to go to church. You're, you're missing the entire blessing of being at church. You're so wrapped up in the doing of the thing that, that the true knowledge of it falls short. You get to be with people. You get to be with God. You get to be with God's people. I can't tell you how many times I do that. I'm an achiever. I'm a, I'm a guy that always wants to win. I'm going to you know, learn the rules and, and do the thing and make it happen. And I can't tell you how many times I'm not present. That I'm not being fully human all because I want to succeed. And that's what God's teaching me right now. To acknowledge the gift that I've been given. To slow down and live in it. Secondly, you acknowledge the gift, and then what do you do? You put it to work. The, good, the really good servant took those five talents. He made five more. The other guy took the two and made two more. They put him to work. There's something that we have to step into. We have to try it out. The talent that you have, the talents that you have. It may not be anything related to your work. It may be something totally different, but it's something that God wants you to try. God wants you to step into, to be brave, willing to fail. I'll never forget being a worship pastor. And one day God told me on, in February of 2009, you're supposed to become a priest. I thought, well, you know, 
Everybody's going to laugh at me. You know, Jay, you're a musician. And that's what happened. I went and told the two priests that I worked for. They, well, you know, you're a really good musician, which is a way of saying, no, don't, you don't need to do the priest thing. But you're so good. I had to be willing to be questioned, willing to be laughed at, willing to put it to work. I'll never forget, as I was leading uh, worship, and was the associate pastor at All Saints Dallas, our sending church, one of the administrators that we worked with was talking to me one day. She said, Jay, do you just ever think that you're just burying your talents by leaving worship ministry behind and going towards pastoral ministry? And I thought about it, and because I'd really contemplated this for a couple of years. And I said, you know, I think that I would be holding back if I did not follow God into this. There was a sense of risk that I'm a very cautious person. I'm a little bit risk averse. There was a sense of risk in it of because all my life I'd been known as the music guy, you know, and if anybody's mad, just play him a song and, you know, they're happy now. That's, that's all my life. That's how I knew how to please people, how to achieve, how to be me. But there was this other part of me that I really hadn't understood fully. And God was calling me to put my gifts to work in a different way. What is he calling you to do with the gifts he's given you? What happened to the wicked servant? Remember, he goes almost all the way. It says that he was afraid because he thought he knew the master. He was afraid. And what did he do with the talent? He hid it. What does that sound like? God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam, Eve, where are you? He calls to them. And they said, we were afraid and naked, so we hid. There's a disconnect there. Don't hide and bury what God has given you to put to work, your gifts. And lastly, when we acknowledge the gift, when we put it to work, then we delight in His delight. We hear the words, well done. Psychologically, and really as a primal need, all of us need to hear someone tell us, particularly in authority, need to tell us, well done, good job. At the end of our journey on this earth, when the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven and our Lord Jesus recreates all things and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, in that moment of judgment, our deepest desire is to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. But the well done doesn't stop there. What does the master say? Come, enter into the joy of your master. Wow. We acknowledge what we've been given when we put it to work, there's a sense of 
being invited into the delight of God, of hearing him not only say, well done. And friends, listen, you're not going to hear it all the time. You're going to follow faithfully, having prayed about it, having you know, trusted the counsel of the saints. You're going you're gonna to follow God and you're going to get resistance sometimes. You're going to get pushback. You're not always going to hear it, but you've, that's why you've got to read, mark, learn, and inwardly, inwardly digest these promises of God so that when everything around you is going against what this says, you can trust in the Lord Almighty, knowing that He is presiding over you in His delight, saying, well done. Of course He's going to speak. Of course He's going to test. His Spirit will testify with your spirit. All those things will happen by His grace. But there may be seasons where you don't. Mother Teresa, St. Teresa now, went some 40 years without hearing the voice of God. Well done, he says to us. Enter in to the joy of your master. But the wicked servant, well, before I get to that, sometimes when we're doing, when we acknowledge the gift and we're doing the stuff, the things that when we do them, we feel God's pleasure. Sometimes there is a heavenly delight when we do those. And sometimes we find ourselves working, but not laboring. Exerting effort, but not toiling. It's as if those effects of the fall are for but a moment conquered and undone. Have you ever had a moment like that when you're serving the Lord? And you know you're working, but it doesn't feel like work. You know you're laboring, but it's not toil. It's that inbreaking of the kingdom of heaven. It's that inbreaking of the delight and the joy of the master even now. But how will you know that unless you put it to work? And how can you put it to work unless you acknowledge the gifts that God has given you and the gift that you are? And friends, if we don't do any of these things, we cannot step into what it means to be fully human. I don't need to tell you what happened to the, other, the, third, the third servant. Not only did he, what he have, not only was it taken away from him and given to those who had, but he was cast out. And Chris didn't read this last verse, but it's a reminder of the severity of the judgment of God. Again, this is a parable. It's, it's as if, it's like this. But hear these words, not as condemnation, but as warning that we're not meant to bury and be afraid and hide, but we're meant to put it to work. And this is what the master said, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, one choice, one destiny is utter and complete delight with the master and the other is the complete and total opposite the counterfeit doesn't get you most of the way there it makes you in the complete opposite place so friends at the heart of this is are we in Christ 
Have we accepted His grace and love for us? And then from there, from the freedom that is in Christ, from the freedom of the sons and daughters of God, we acknowledge the gifts that we've been given. We put them to work. And then we delight in His delight. Does it always go that smoothly? Nope. But it's good. And it's part of what it means to be fully human. Let's pray. Lord, in this Thanksgiving weekend, we acknowledge and give thanks for all the things that you've given us, Lord. The tangible blessings, house, family, food, clothes. Lord, we give you thanks for the the natural abilities, the talents, the acquired skills, all the things that will help us to do the good works which you've prepared beforehand for us to walk in in Christ Jesus. We give you thanks for making us in your image as your poema, your workmanship. But most of all, Lord, we give you thanks that you don't invite us to do these things and to be these humans just to watch us from afar, but you invite us to enter in to your joy. Lord, forgive us when we forget. Help us remember the gifts that we've been given. Help us remember who gave them to us. And Lord, help us to live in your delight. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.